Ignorance and bungling with love are better than wisdom and skill without. Henry David Thoreau. Bending Not Breaking, the Dragon Prince Edition. Book Two, Episode One, A Secret and a Spark. Welcome back to Bending Not Breaking. This is Ben Pruitt, your host for the Dragon Prince edition, and I am so excited to continue talking about the Dragon Prince with you. I, we've had a really great season of The Legend of Korra with my co-host Sunshine, and we just finished book one. It was really awesome. We had really neat conversations about policing, humanity, judgment, and a whole lot more. So if you're curious about those topics, I definitely definitely recommend checking those episodes out. For now, I wanted to make an announcement or two before diving into the meat of the episode. Firstly, thank you for listening. This is a listener-supported podcast, and listeners like you help us make all of this possible. So if you have a moment, the capacity, and the inclination to support us, then check us out on Patreon at bnb underscore pod. Truly, any donation will do, and patrons have access to episodes early, they help us choose lenses, they can join us for monthly live episodes, and more. We have all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, If you can't support financially, we understand, don't worry. Another option that you can do uh, or take to support us is to just rate and review the podcast. Share the podcast with friends who might enjoy the content as well. Really, truly, the algorithms uh, benefit the podcast when you rate and review them. So uh, the more, the better. Uh, In other news... We have decided to open up our Facebook group. It was private before. It's also called Bending Not Breaking. Uh, it was it was patron only before, but we decided that we wanted it to be a more open space. We wanted to invite more people into the space to discuss this episode, or sorry, all of our episodes and the episode content and just the universe content so that we can engage and ask questions with one another. So if that's something you're interested in, if you have a Facebook, come along and join us. Again, it's Bending Not Breaking, and you can find us at BNB underscore pod on all the other social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the things. Okay, I feel like that's that's enough announcements for now, so let's move on to the content, shall we? Okay, 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 okay. The lens that we're working with today is skill. Skill is something that I have mixed feelings about. I... I am a recovering perfectionist, and I am the type of perfectionist that tells the story that I will never be enough unless I continue to learn and grow and hone my skills. So it's kind of problematic to talk about skill here, because the the, the problem with this is despite my understanding that perfect is unattainable, like, I get it, I intellectually understand, I lacked and still lack the capacity to grasp that my goals for myself also continue to move and evolve. And the closer I come to skill mastery in any particular area, the more I realize that there is to learn. And 
So the horizon that I'm aiming towards continues to evade my pursuit because it just keeps on getting further and further away the closer I come to it. And I just, I just came to this realization as I thought about skill as a lens. And I, I just finished my second semester of graduate school at a fairly prestigious university. And my desire for perfection led to one of my worst moments in my mental health history. And I was just experiencing defeating anxiety, trying to get everything done that was assigned to me on top of pandemic life, taking care of my dog, taking care of the house, sleeping, going outside, eating regularly, paying bills, doing a podcast, <gasps> all the things that like many of us are grappling with, all of our life things that we're de- taking on and, and all of it in the pursuit of skill mastery. And... I really want to work towards separating my self-worth from skill development. And I don't know what what cultivated this. I think this is just something so ingrained in me from more so culture than anything else. But I it's it's a struggle and in my desire to let go of never enough and to embrace enough I, I stopped doing all the assigned readings and I, and I started prioritizing my health uh, over this semester and it was, it was so worth it. Um, there was just a big shift and change and while, while developing skills can certainly be life-giving, I, I really want to take this opportunity in this episode to explore where that line exists between life-giving skill development and life-draining skill development. And so that's something that I want to for us to talk about in this episode of The Dragon Prince. A secret and a spark. But first, we have got to recap. And this is a, probably a skill that I haven't worked on developing, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do it real quick. And on my mark, <laughs> get set. Callum recaps season one via letter to Harrow, and Rayla feels guilty because he's writing to, you know, he's dead. So he refers to Zim as someone, not something, in that letter, and I thought that was really neat. And then Viren speaks of, like, violent dragons to the council and then urges for a summit of leaders for all the kingdoms. And Opeli's like, nah, fam. And Lujan feeds everyone a feast of illusion magic. And then Rayla is all healed and tries to get them to leave, but then they stay for another day. And the moon nexus was disabled by a while back. And then, you know, Ezrin was like, let's teach Zim how to fly. And then Viren was like, ah, dang, I can't do anything. But then he finds the king's seal and takes it. And then humans can't learn magic, and Callum doesn't give up, learns the arcane and then Viren intimidates the crow guy, and then Rayla is patrolling, gets got almost, and and then, you know, Soren. There. That's the end. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, that was fine. I'm okay with it. It'll do. That was, like, the big points. Okay, so, uh, contrary, if this is your first time kind of grappling with the Dragon Prince with us, we, this... Uh, episode and our Dragon Prince Edition episodes kind of function differently in terms of what we do in terms of segments. And so we kind of go from any announcements we might have, we have a story about the lens, then we have our recap, we just did all that. And now we're moving into like our top five moments that pertain to the lens. And keep in mind that these are not ranked in any order. Sometimes they're chronological, sometimes they're not. I just kind of wrote down and then picked and chose which ones I wanted to talk about the most, because frankly, we could go a long time. This could be like a long time. So in, in an effort to not take forever, we wanted to 
just do this. So FYI, that's the kind of the, the layout of the episode. And then we have a few things after this. But for my first uh, thing regarding skill happened in the first scene. And so Amaya in this opening scene just has such keen observational skills. And I wondered why that was. And I was thinking about it and I it came to me that it is likely that these skills developed through her inability to speak and her deafness. And I think that's really fascinating to think about because there are many stories around how when we lose one sense, all of the others become enhanced a little bit because we're able to focus on them a little bit more. And Amaya's also clearly skilled in many other areas too, but it's just, it's really interesting to think about how sometimes limitations give us a chance to hone skills in a way that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. And I, and I think about that in other areas, like honing a skill takes sacrifice, right? We have to lose something in order to gain mastery. And sometimes that is time. Sometimes it is time taken away from other things, which frankly is my biggest problem. I am a huge, like, people describe me as one of the, the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and it's because I want to <laughs> I want to master everything. And I know, I know, again, intellectually that that's not possible, but it's realizing that if you truly want to develop something to an incredible potential, to something that is noteworthy and skill-worthy, and that's not even a great phrase, I don't like that, but if you want to develop a skill, you have to give up in another area. And I think that's really interesting to think about why Amaya is so excellent at her observational skills and her it's just really interesting and so I just wanted to lift that up and, and question that and critique that and figure out why she's so exceptional in this area and then also she's skilled in battle right and I wonder how much of her life has been dedicated to training for for moments like this where she's fighting and it's clear that she's been dedicated a lot of time and I just I really admire people who can focus on one skill and really take it to uh, its full potential because I I find myself distracted when it comes to a bunch of different things. I have the, the poo-poo platter of skills rather than a really beautiful developed skill and so I just I really admire Maya for that and I guess I also want to bless her for taking the the time to sacrifice those other things in her life that she may have had to in order to get to this point with her skill development. And so I'm, I'm just grateful for Amaya. And here we are. Okay, that's my number one. Number two, I, I loved seeing Callum write to his father. It's sad, like certainly, but it just takes a lot of skill to put thoughts and feelings into words, especially with someone that we're trying to like create intimacy intimacy with like uh, our our father-in-law or our stepfather or whatever it may be it's there's just a lot of skill putting thoughts and feelings into words and not everybody has the capacity to do so and if they do oftentimes they don't even feel like they have the capacity to do so and i wonder how he developed this i wonder where where callum developed this is he 
Is he planning on writing? We know, we know he's creative. We see him draw, but we haven't seen him write until this point, I don't think. And it just really strikes me as, as compassionate. And it speaks to the familial bond that he has with Harrow and and with Ezrin. And I just, I find it really beautiful to think about with with the skills it requires to, to write eloquently and to put beautiful moments and, and life-changing moments on the page. I just find it really beautiful as an aspiring writer. You know, one of the many skills I'm try- trying to develop. I just admire Callum in this moment. So thank you, Callum, for showing us what that looks like. Three, Ezrin. Ezrin has a skill to hear the thoughts of animals. And it seems really interesting that he could get caught by the food illusion that Lujan provides regarding the grubs. And I wonder, is it that the the grubs' thoughts are so just instinctual that they don't have, like, developed thought? Or... Is it a skill that is not quite honed yet for Ezrin that he didn't just simply didn't pick up on it, that his mind tricked him into not believing and so he didn't listen? I'm I'm just curious about how it how it works, and I, I wonder why he didn't hear the thoughts of the grubs. And so if you have a, a theory around Ezrin's skill regarding hearing the, the thoughts and being able to communicate with animals, I would love to hear it because this is a, a moment that um, is tricky and I'm, I'm curious about it. And so let me know. Send us a voicemail at thearchive at gmail.com. The Archive E hosts our podcast, and so big thanks to them. Okay, my fourth moment also involves Ezrin, and, and, and Ezrin is trying to teach Zim to fly. And here's the deal learning from someone who doesn't know how to do something themselves from from someone who has never experienced what they are teaching, let's be real, it is a lot more difficult. One, to be the teacher and to try and teach something that you don't understand, but it's also really difficult as a learner to learn from someone who has never experienced what they're teaching. And like I can imagine the thoughts and feelings that Ezrin is grappling with, right? He, he feels incapable and defeated and unable to effectively teach in moments but i also really admire that he continues to try because there's he feels this weight of being of it being necessary and so i think it's really beautiful that he's trying to teach something that he doesn't understand but also i i totally feel for zim too he's like "Mm, i I don't get it (laughs) and it's it's really hard and Again, just despite all this, like Ezrin says, we aren't giving up, are we? And I just think that's really awesome because Ezrin continues to be a beacon of of joy and of positivity. And I just, I really appreciate that where I might not feel that way. I think that Ezrin um, leads the way a little bit and shows us what it, what it can look like if we do have a little bit more of a positive attitude. Okay, that's that's my number four. My fifth point is Rayla. Rayla is scouting throughout the episode. She's constantly hesitating, constantly... Uh, I hesitate to use the word paranoid because it turns out to be true, but she is critiquing her surroundings and constantly on edge. And 
She notices that she starts to fall asleep when she hears this melody at the end, and so she goes to pick a flower, and the the rose's thorn is what keeps her awake. Uh, spoiler alert. And and that's like serious skill to think quickly enough to fool her attackers, right? I just I just I'm blown away by this that she had the wherewithal when she was falling asleep to catch on not only that but to think fast enough to be like i'm going to pretend i'm going to grasp this flower pick it and then i'm going to use it to keep myself awake i just wow i know that that would be so far from my i'd be like oh cool falling asleep cool it's time for bed i need to go to bed like (laughs) i uh Man, I just I'm I'm kind of blown away by this, and I I think about the vulnerability that she is avoiding here, right? Like because sleeping, especially in this environment, is is a vulnerable experience, and she's so unwilling to lean into vulnerability that she is constantly on edge and patrolling and ensuring that there is no vulnerability. And, and I think that's really tragic because when we start to lose, when we start to hone a skill of, of keeping ourselves safe and that becomes our, our so, sole focal point, I think we lose capacity to engage with vulnerability. And, and let, let me be real, I'm really thankful she didn't because Soren and Claudia, as misguided as they are, are doing a, a not great thing. And this is what keeps Rayla alive. And so it's it's difficult for me to say, hey, you should lean into vulnerability more when literally she might have died if she didn't. But at the same time, I also want to just observe that when we are constantly in that mindset, we lose the benefits of vulnerability as well. And I just, I wanted to kind of lift that up. And, and, and again, honing a skill will require sacrifice and I, I think what I'm being called to do as I as I talk about this is to what am I sacrificing when I choose skill development over whatever I'm not choosing and so I, I think I've always been focused on the development of the skill rather than what I'm not choosing and so I think I'm just becoming more interested in what I'm losing when I choose that. And I, and I think that, that will help me with my, my situation. And I, I wonder if that will help others as well. Uh, as I've gone through these, what are some things that, for you that have come up? What, what are, was there a moment in the top five uh, that you would have substituted out and put something in? Like, again, send us a voicemail. Tell us, tell us your thoughts or give us a, a rundown of uh, something I might have said that you see it differently, and I'd love to hear it. Again, you can email the voice memo to thearcofe at gmail.com. Uh, honorable mention, um, Viren, extremely skilled at intimidation, uh, you know, with Crow Guy and in general, but I just I wanted to throw that out there. Viren, honorable mention. Okay, so that leaves us. Uh, We're going to take a short musical interlude, and then we're going to come on back, and we'll talk about our two final segments, and then that'll be the end. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here, and we'll be back shortly.
thanks for enjoying that musical interlude with me. I'm excited because I had a chance to now talk about our next segment. And so our next segment is the Lens MVP, Most Valuable Player for the Lens. And so with skill, I want to highlight Callum. And I just, I find it really beautiful because it's, it's Callum for sure. He's told he can't pursue his dreams to be a mage. And there are so many stories about chasing what is perceived by others to be impossible. And, and Callum chooses to believe. And I find it really beautiful that, especially knowing what's coming, right, that he continues to love the craft of magic making so much that he is willing to pursue that and, and give up other things. And I just, I really want to nominate Callum here. And I think that it's um, something that I I treasure in others that are willing to, to choose something like that. And it's, it's just really beautiful. So this is my nomination. I'd love to hear yours. Who would you nominate for the Lens MVP? Send us a voicemail and you can follow us and all the things, BNB underscore pod, tweet us your nomination, uh, give us an explanation, tell us about it. BNB underscore pod. And then that leaves us with our final segment of gratitude. And so in this segment, we pick a character that we are grateful for. And I want to tell y'all that I am grateful for Rayla. She is just consistently legit. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a pessimist compared to the others, but I'm, I'm grateful because the pessimists often bear the worst of the patrol work. They, they bear the grunt of caring more, and, and not caring more, that's not the right word. They, they bear the grunt of putting more work into things than others sometimes do because their uh, disposition puts them in a place where they feel like they have to and they rarely give themselves the opportunity to relax and I say they loosely because I'm often included into this but I just I want to honor that by being grateful for her the fact that she is the one who is patrolling and no one else really is and I, just the fact that she's I want her to know that we see her efforts and we see the energy that she's emitting and putting out into the world and that she is showing that she cares for this group by by patrolling. And so I really just want to want to be grateful for for Rayla. Who are you grateful for? Again, you can tell us on all the social medias, BNB underscore pod, or if you prefer, send us a voicemail. Keep it under two minutes if you can. The arc of E at gmail.com. And that kind of brings us to our episode closing. So with that in mind, make sure you give us a review on iTunes, go, go follow us on social medias, give us a, you know some support on Patreon. I want to thank The Arc of E for hosting the podcast, Alex Mayfield, Noah Blanchard, Kira Martin, and Max Gongaware. Thank you all. I hope you're great if you're listening. And that's a wrap. So until next time, be well and do good. <laughs>